Welcome to another episode of Consider This. Um, in this episode, I've got with me uh, the wonderful Bethany Sutherland and her sidekick, Zane, and also uh, one of our pastors on staff that just kind of helps us think through things, Ryan Vincent. Uh, he is here as both uh, someone who wants to talk about how the, the Bible speaks about this and how uh, the church should respond our topic is actually baby dedication, but it's more than that. It's how, as families and as the church, as a family, comes together uh, to make sure that we're doing what Jesus Christ wants us to do, that we're making much of Jesus um, by helping uh, the least of us and uh, the older of us come together and become more like him. So I hope this uh, podcast is a blessing and a challenge to you. November 8th, here at Sunnybrook, we enjoyed, at least I did, and I could tell by the looks on your faces, you guys did too. Uh, We had Baby Dedication Sunday, in which a number of families were presented in all three services. Uh, Maybe that might be even something that we want to talk about, but they were all physically present uh, for that second service. Um, And Beth, I thought you did a great job, not just walking uh, those families through it, but just even as a church fellowship, walking through what that is. And so it is something that we've been doing every year since I've been here since 2004, and I'm pretty positive they were doing it before I even got here. Um, But I want to begin our conversation by just asking this question. Um, I'll let one of you figure out which ones you want to jump in on this, but why are baby dedication, why is baby dedication Sunday, but it's not just a Sunday, there's more that's actually going on. Why is it so important for our families and for our church family as well? Zane was pointing at you, Beth, so Mm. why don't you begin? What if I point back at him? Then does it cancel that out? Uh, then it looks like a tennis match. Which I would win. Rally for serve. <laughs> no, Ping pong, totally. I got her, but if it's tennis, she's got me. I'll totally take the, the plunge on this at first. So baby dedication, yes. We, I think it's good that we fight the, the idea that it is just that one Sunday that the parents are coming up here and they're coming before the church and it's like, yep, that sealed the deal. My kids are going to be good now and I did my duty. Um, but we really do come at it from this point of it will be an ongoing process, almost like um, whenever you tell people when they get baptized, you know, at a much later age, like now you have the rest of your life to figure this out. Same with baby dedication too. Like we're coming together for their class where we really talk about why do we do this, um, which is a much more personal time with the parents. But then when we come in front of the church and invite the church body alongside, it's now we have the rest of this parenting journey while these kids are under our Mm -hmm. care to figure out how do we do this well and in a way that God is glorified and how he instructs us to do. Um, But it's not just a one-time deal and then we're done and we're good. Um, There's so much work left to be had. This is just a really good starting point um, to really set the tone for how we're going to parent and what our home is going to look like. See, what I love about it is, I mean, I I really, it's kind of like when someone's videotaping their kid getting baptized. I get it because you really want to watch it, but it's more than just a memory. It's more than just a keepsake. Like there's so much that's happening. And so whenever I see the families on the front row and they're taking pictures and I'm going, oh, I sure hope they understand that so much more is happening. Mm -hmm. Zane, anything you want to add to just how really it it is uh, so impactful for those families and also for the church family? Yeah, I think I think what baby dedication is is it's one of our first milestones. Um, and so if you look over, you know, the course of what FMT is trying to accomplish um, with our family ministry team, uh, you know, there's there's certain check marks. You know, the the whole idea is that we want our kids to grow to become more and more like Christ, or to make much of Him. Um, and so this is kind of you know, if you think of of the idea of a map or a journey, you know, this is a great starting point. Um, and I think what baby dedication does, both for us as families and then also for the church family, um, is it kind of sets the journey off. 
you know what I mean? It kind of gives the picture of, hey, this is what we're trying to accomplish. This is this is the end result is that by the end of this, you know, we want the church and families to partner together in a way that we create a context where these kids that are here, um, that are entrusted not just to the care of the family, but I think also entrusted to the care of the church as well. Um, you know, this is what we're trying to accomplish with these kids. And so, like Beth said, it's it's more than just a, hey, here's some families. We hope you like their beautiful kids and now yeah. they're off. But it yeah. is more of a, I think it's a start of a partnership that lasts over the course of, you know, a, a, an entire lifetime. I mean, if we're going to go fullistic picture here. Um, so, I, you know, I think that's why there's value and not just for the families, but also for the church. Um, is it's a it's a reminder that this is a partnership that we that we are invested in each other and helping each other grow to become more and more like Christ. So yeah, I mean, I'll I'll be honest. I remember when I was trying to encourage you two to come and be a part of the Sunnybrook team, um, and you guys have just been such a blessing to us. Um, one of the things Drew and I really just kept trying to cast in front of you, and you guys have you know taken it on and just exceeded in it. Um, is the idea that I'm not just asking you to watch kids. Uh, we're not just calling you to pr- create some programs or some events uh, to kind of keep our kids busy while the rest of us are, are growing in our faith. I mean, you both have done a phenomenal job from the youngest um, of, the, of our kids to the oldest of our children. Um, and the way that you've even engaged the families, I think that's the part that I've been just so personally grateful for as an elder and as um, you know, just a co-pastor with you guys, just the way that you've engaged in that. Ryan, you're here uh, kind of doing two things today. One is you're kind of helping us think through this um, uh, big picture theologically, but you're also here as a dad of a little one, uh, little ones who are deeply involved in this ministry. Is there anything you want to add, like either personally or maybe help us think theologically about just the value of this for our families and church family? Yeah, I, I think baby dedication, um, so it, it, it looks communal because there's a mom and a dad and a couple of kids up there, right? But I think that it is, by its very nature, exceedingly communal. And so you can look at some of our other initiation practices. Yeah. In that baptistry, when I push someone down into the water and bring them out, I explain to them, now we've made a covenant with this family that they are going to care for your growth and your discipleship now as a new follower of Christ. Um, Two Sundays ago, we welcomed new members to Sunnybrook Christian Church, and we had them down front. And though they had masks on, I wanted people to be able to see their faces as they made a confession of faith and a commitment to be a part of this family here. And so everybody sitting out there is like, okay, now they're one of us. So we're going to care for each other toward this this mutual goal of sanctification and the glory of God. And then I see the same thing yeah. with, family, with families dedicating children. And, uh, you know, Rachel and I have always thought through it as a... It's called baby dedication because that's probably the most natural and normal term. But you could also call it Parental Commitment Sunday, <laughs> um, and, and that's that kind of how we view it. <laughs> we, that's yeah. our that's our hashtag. hashtag. <laughs> commitment Sunday. They don't let Ryan do any of the marketing around here. Um, no, actually, we do. I was going to say you can design all of so it. So, kind of FYI, I'll make, I'll make it look pretty, but I don't get to do the wording. Well, I'm just no. You actually do. You like, do you all the wording. These are things you shouldn't be allowed to do. Okay, I'm going, but I no, might no, no. veto this one. I don't know. This Everything one. that you're describing, you should not be doing. You're Everything making me nervous you because it's what you're a big part of. But anyway, we've we've it's been an important thing for us, and you know, I, I was joking with them that um, my three kids have been well. Asher hasn't necessarily been dedicated yet because we went through the class yeah. in the spring, and then COVID hit, so it didn't happen. 
and then he was going to be dedicated a few Sundays ago, and he had a cold, and COVID is still here, so he's not allowed to be within 12 miles of another human. <laughs> so one day, 12 miles. See, I thought it was six feet. That's why we're all spaced out. But it's 12 miles. Okay. 12 miles. Uh, that if you, if you have we're the totally breaking rules. One-year-old sneeze. Um, <laughs> but you know, all three of my kids have been dedicated under even different ministers. You know, so um, Matthew would have been dedicated under Patty Broadway, and then Audrey would have been under Allie Eggleston, and then Asher now under Beth. And the cool thing is, though those are all very different people, the 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 values and the the, the thrust of it all has yeah. been very consistent. Mm-hmm. You know what I love is, and we're not even saying these things are the same, but I, I love the fact that you said, I want you to think of these somewhat comparatively. And it is baptism, which is initiation into Christ, but also into the fellowship. We'll mm-hmm. maybe talk about that in a future podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, babies being dedicated, a commitment, uh, family to church, church to family, parents to children. I mean, and then the other one was the new family de- uh, new family commitment uh, to this yeah. membership to this to this church. Those really are. They're not all the exact same thing, but they really all share some common things. So it'll be it'll be kind of fun to see those things as a, a valuable part of our lives um, as a church. So I'm going to come back. Actually, here's the problem. We started with Beth, and I'm going to go back to her, actually, because uh, you are the one that I think oversees this, The uh, not just the dedication Sunday, but the dedication class previously. And I know that you do a great job incorporating others from your family ministry team, whether that be Courtney or even other ministers. You, you do a lot beforehand. Explain to those who might not know, uh, kind of a behind-the-scenes situation, um, because you know they had their kids dedicated years ago. Um, what 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 happens um, previous to the dedication Sunday? What are those families going through and being trained in? Yeah, no. So really, we when they're interested in when they have their little baby and they're wanting to participate in the dedication, they do come to a class, um, which is, we say, like, required. But that's kind of a loose term, especially if you've already done the class before, um, because they will have been presented with the text that we talk about and the family values that we talk about in Orange, which we'll get more into later. Um, But especially for first-time parents at the class, we really want to, to, again, just set, like, the framework and the tone. We want to come together together. to talk about like why do we do this? Like we're not just giving these kids to grow our family. To they're not here to affirm us as yeah. parents or to make me feel good about myself because I get the title of being a mom. But th- really, the way that God designed family, just there's so much more beyond like that simplistic thinking that we're just gonna survive in our home until they graduate someday. And so coming together and just realizing. Um, we have to be very intentional with our time because it goes so fast. And if we're not intentional, like we will be at graduation day and we're going to like sit together and be like, what did we do during that time? Um, And kind of playing even back to the idea that everybody else is um, learning in the church. And then the kids hallways were just babysitting or we're just hanging out, but really helping parents understand um, that, that birth to five years is not a cop-out time. Like, it's not time to disciple my kids yet. They're not there yet. I'll worry about that later when they Mm -hmm. ask hard questions. Really, um, again, training their minds that once we have these kiddos, like the Lord is like, here's your role and how you do it well from the very beginning to however long you get to have them, um, honestly. And so that class really is. It comes together to encourage parents um, to teach and hopefully give them some training of how to do family according to God's word and not just our own, again, our own wit and wisdom, which blogs are good, books are good, but ultimately what are we making the center of our home? What are we going to time after time when we have questions? Um, 
again, really just encouraging them in that for it to be Christ, and that's how we do home. You know, it's really interesting. You've been using that phrase a lot, and that's a phrase that we use a lot. And we, let's be honest, we stole that from David Platt in his book, Radical, or either that or Radical Together, one of those two. You know, he used that phrase that our responsibility as church leaders is to wean people off of our wit and wisdom onto the Word and Spirit of God. And I've loved hearing you say that because it really does remind us that it isn't just something that we do uh, uh, with the grown-ups. But to think about it at the youngest, you know, I was watching Elias walk through the hallway today, um, and so I've been just kind of thinking a lot about just you guys, um, and and then also with your beautiful daughter. You're you're trying to wean people, and I mean, wean is not a bad word, especially for, <laughs> you know, for the for the young ones that you have but already, weaning people off of our as parents. Our wit and wisdom onto the word and spirit of God. That's such a such a powerful reminder. Zane, anything you want to add to kind of the the preparation side of things? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the other piece of this is, you know, like Beth said, it's not um, it's not babysitting. You know, truly, what we're trying to do in our ministries is to equip kids to make much of Jesus, and I think that starts even in the treehouse. And so, you know, if you look at our family ministry and what we're trying to accomplish, um, each of us kind of has a uh, a pillar that we kind of go after. Um, with the four pillars of discipleship here at Sunnybrook. And so for, you know, the treehouse, it is this idea of identity. Um, and so helping kids understand because God is, that means I am. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Orange Curriculum has done a, a, a fantastic job of kind of doing research on how kids develop and those types of things. And um, they came out with a, a great resource called Phases that kind of helps walk through um, you know, kids go through different phases as they grow up. And so being able to understand what phase your kid is in and then leverage um, their type of learning or leverage kind of the experiences that they're having right now or what they're asking in their minds or how they think um, to best equip them to to understand who God is and who they are. And so, um, you know, after looking through phases and then um, looking at, you know, to Sunnybrook it yeah. a little bit, yep. uh, you know, especially for, for Treehouse, getting kids to understand, um, you know, through the love of a parent that God loves me. Yep. Yep. Um, and so helping parents understand that those connections start like now, um, you know, as their babies. And so how you care for your family at home, what you talk about, um, you know, it is, we, we've, we've talked about it a lot um, on podcasts and all those other things, but the language of the family determines so much the culture of the family. And so helping parents from a baby dedication um, class standpoint of saying, okay, so what, what is the language of your family? You know, is it gospel? Are you talking about Jesus? Is it, is it weird for you to have a gospel conversation even with a young kid? You know, yeah. for us and Elias, you know, there's certain things that we're wanting him to already hear and already begin to pick up. You know, we don't want it to be weird for him to, to hear the name of Jesus and know the name of Jesus. And same thing for Inslee, you know, for that matter, at eight months old, you know, and so... Um, I think some of those things of just getting parents to understand that you can disciple your babies, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which may sound like a crazy thing, but um, what you're putting into their mind and the things that they get used to hearing, yep. uh, those things matter. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, obviously as you transpire from identity and then to, into biblical literacy in elementary and then into spiritual formation in junior high and then the missional living in high school, you know, there is, we've already kind of talked about the idea of there's milestones that we want to hit. Um, and so I think baby dedication class is awesome because it gives families a picture of how that looks like and how to leverage kind of some of these certain moments um, within the context of the community of the church, right? Mm -hmm. 
um, how we do this together, um, but helping them understand and grasp that there are things that you can be doing and that you need to be doing, <laughs> um, you know, for for the benefit of your kid and for the glory of God, you know, at these moments. So but even for those parents, sorry, no, go for ahead. Those parents that have already done it once, like, and they've heard it. The good thing is, like, to, again, to be reminded because we yeah. do get distracted. Like, and that even, you know, as we talked about that on Baby Dedication Sunday, just the danger of being distracted and just entering the survival mode and keeping them alive. Um, but Again, like coming back to what do we want to instill in them? But so the class also gets to just encourage because this seems like a super daunting task, especially with first-time parents. You're like, that seems like such a big wide circle. But really we get to encourage them that you do this um, to fit into your natural rhythm of life. They don't have to learn everything in that first couple years. But what, again, how is your natural rhythm and um, the season you're in? Like what does that look like for you? And Because it really is kind of individualistic, even though it's all centered on the same thing. Yeah, we we decided to really adopt the language of and the philosophy of Orange a number of years ago, so even before you guys got here. And it's not unique to ours. Uh, I think we hear it, and especially uh, Go Pokes land that we live in, (laughs) it's easy for us to go, oh, I see why they're doing that. Oh, that's kind of clever. Well, let's be honest, it's not ours. Uh, We're grateful for uh, other churches that have really kind of helped us think through that, but it was years ago that we were uh, still attending a conference in Atlanta pretty regularly uh, as a staff, and we heard it presented, and we literally looked at each other and went, like, that's great language for what we're already doing, and so that's kind of how it became a natural thing. It really wasn't something that we didn't have a desire to do, but it was it really explained better than we thought, a little bit like a lot of our 3DM stuff that we learned with discipleship. Mm-hmm. Um, that language helps us understand what we already believe and what we're already doing, but just one last time, Zane, explain Orange for our listeners so they can get an understanding of what we mean by that. Yeah, so Orange, again, it, it, it's grabbing the concept of um, two colors, uh, two institutions, basically, that God has provided for us um, to create the best possible discipleship context for kids to grow and mature in their faith. And so um, you have the red representing the family, the love aspect of all of those different things and the care that they get in the home. Um, again, that's where kids are going to spend a majority of their time. Um, and so you have that aspect. And then partnering with the yellow or the light or the church aspect of that um, and combining the influence of both the family and the church to create this culture where um, we're partnering together to help kids grow and mature in their faith, um, to become more like Jesus so that they can make much of Jesus is kind of the idea that we're, we're trying to get people to understand. And so um, how to have some of these conversations at home um, that may start at church and vice versa, those types of things. And so it is kind of taking these two things that God has ordained as, as truly important, yeah. the family and the church, and uh, and finding a way for those both to influence kids uh, to the best of their ability is kind of the idea behind Orange. That's good. Ryan, anything you want to add to that in terms of just the uh, you know, the concept of orange, there is the marketing side. It's a great word. It, uh, it's it got some good word picture type stuff. But yep. obviously there's more that's that's going on. Anything you just you want to add to that? Yeah, I think it can be really tempting to relegate the concept of orange to something that children's and student ministries do. Yeah. But that's that, that, com- that completely kind of defeats the point of orange. And so... Um, I, I would I would just encourage our people to to not only know but look for ways that on the adult ministry side, we are aware of what's going on in the student and children's ministry areas, and we are trying to um, integrate into it and and to almost play off of it. Um, 
I like to tease Zane because he sends out uh, weekly emails to parents of kids in his ministries. It's like, oh, another long email. No one's going to read. But truth be told. <laughs> I've had some parents say it goes directly to their special folder, which is their <laughs> junk folder. But that's okay. <laughs> now, I read it as a parent, but I also read it as a pastor because yeah, I'm getting ready for that same Sunday. And I want to know what the kids are hearing on the other side of the building. And insofar as I'm able, I will... I will riff off of that in my lessons because I have parents yeah. of his kids yep. in my classes. Yeah. Um, hey, before you go any further, send it. I don't know if I'm, I'm not getting it. Obviously, because I don't think any of my children are in your ministry. Anymore. I really <laughs> hope not. <laughs> but no, but seriously, I'd love how you even said that because yeah. I'm not getting it. And I, I really need to have that so I can do exactly what Ryan is describing. So okay. please put me on that. Yeah. I mean, I do. And, and I've I, heard about them, though. They are literally. <laughs> Legendary. They are. They are. Zane's uh, taking out the notebook. They are dense. Email Jim my journal. I, <laughs> I am. But it's for the same reason that, like, I mean, I'm aware of what your um, what your sermon's going to be about. I'm probably more aware than, sure. than many what how the sermon's even going to be broken yep. down. Yep. And I I know that teaching people who have either just come from that sermon or are heading towards that sermon, and I try to integrate those things because I think that. More than anything, Orange is a ministry philosophy that demonstrates our culture around yes, here, yes. and then it filters down into the families, and I think that it's a, a real asset. So um, when you hear us talk about Orange, don't hear, you know, stuff for kids. We really are talking about the body as a whole. Yeah, because well, I, I, think, I think that is true, that it is, I mean, the idea of partnering family and church together, that, that's something that's so much better than just kids. I mean, if you're not doing this as an adult, like, then you're missing out on so much more. Like, if, you're, if your home is not a place, even if you're an empty nester, if your home is not a place where you're having these gospel conversations and stuff like that, then you've missed out on yeah. a, a huge, huge piece of what, you know, a, a vibrant life in Christ can look like. Yep. Well, let me give you a great example, um, and it might be, we have a, we have a pretty close fa uh, staff family. I mean, yeah. uh, again, Elias walking down the hall and look, there's Kyle and Elias knows Kyle by name and has all these memories of Kyle already. So uh, th that happens a lot because we really are very relational and a very close staff. Um, but I, what, I, what I'm about to share, I don't want you to think about it in terms of, yeah, Jim and Justin work together because I, I genuinely believe that if Justin was working down at the quarry, he would have done the exact same thing. But recently, I would say it was during COVID, um, during COVID tide, COVID season, um, Justin said to me, hey, like my, my oldest son, Canyon, is kind of struggling with some things. Uh, uh, he didn't say theologically, but he's struggling with some faith issues. And hey, Jim, would you mind meeting with him? And it, it really wasn't like the senior pastor of Sunnybrook meeting with uh, the uh, youth pastor's oldest son. It was Justin and Jim are close. Um, I want to be close to Canyon. I want to be close to Elias. I want to be close to, to Asher. I really want to be involved in their lives. I want you to be involved in my children's lives. Um, and so I did. I literally, Canyon and I went um, to, uh, uh, to a restaurant for breakfast, and we sat down, and I'm looking at him, and I'm just saying, hey, like, what's going on inside your head? And I've done that with a number of people. Brandon and Kimber's Reitz's son, I got a great opportunity to sit and talk with him. And so, you know, he would be in our high school ministry, I think, Till junior high? Wow, he seems like he's really old. Anyway, um, it's it's interesting how it's interesting how much like again, I don't know if that's because I'm their pastor or if it's because it's just because I'm in their church family. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm so, I, I, I covet those opportunities. And I know you guys are involved in that as well. Like we really don't think in terms of, you know, Zane, the pastor, it really is Zane, the brother in Christ or Beth, the sister in Christ, who's coming along these children. I, I love how we are practicing that with those relationships that are closest to us. Um, and I say that to you uh, to open us all up. Like, I'm not even worried about saying this at all. We are seriously wanting to engage with you and your children about what discipleship looks like. And I know that might be strange because sometimes we think about being in a pastor's office as being like in the principal's office, but it's really not. Yeah. Um, well, and I think it really, those two examples do a great job to undergird the collective communal nature of this because mm-hmm. Canyon Ebert and, uh, What's the the Reitz boy's name? Mason. 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 And Canyon and Mason both have fathers who are altogether capable Mm -hmm. of answering their questions beyond those kids' comprehension. They don't need me. (laughs) So they're not coming. I want to say they don't need me, but they actually do need us. That's right. So it's not like those guys are um, deficient in their ability to answer questions about, say, the Bible. But they realize that that there is a a greater value in the the community. Um, even when we, you and Justin are going to overlap so much, but for Canyon, he just needs to hear it from someone that he doesn't live with. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I just, I I think those are some great examples. And I mean, you know, those are my two examples that I can think of just in the last few months. Think about how many are happening here at our church and, and I think about it. That's why, um, we don't have programs, even though they're programs, but we really have opportunities. What what Zane and, and Beth and what Drew and Morgan and Justin and Courtney, like what all of you guys are doing together is literally overlapping families and you're overlapping uh, people who are further down the discipleship journey with people who are, you know, at the beginning stages of the discipleship journey. And that really is what Orange is. Um, so it's not Wednesday night programs. It's not Sunday morning programs. It really is opportunities for lives to overlap. Where we're having serious faith conversations about Jesus because we want to make much of him. So that's really what it's all about. Um, so kind of as we kind of turn the corner, um, I guess we kind of gave a few examples, but is there anything else we want to talk about in terms of how the church can specifically support families in raising their children? Um, well, I'll start, and then Zane can kind of piggyback off, because we've been brainstorming a little bit of how to do this better um, instead of just baby dedication, and then there's a huge jump and when they leave the treehouse, and then they're going into Elevate. But really, we've been brainstorming some different milestones. Which, by the way, like, I was actually in the new treehouse yesterday. I was in the new Elevate yesterday. Wow. It's going to um, be and sweet. I, it's going to be so awesome. And what I love about it is it's, it's not just like awesome, like uh, ostentatious. But it just, I was just kind of walking through yesterday and they were adding paint. And I just, I know how much you guys care about those spaces because they're going to be worship spaces and discipleship spaces. Um, so anyway, I was just really excited about you guys and about what's about to happen there in the new year. Had to sneak that in. Anyway, mm-hmm. sorry, back and to back. I'm Beth. so excited for our kids. Like, that's going to be such a special place for all the kids too. But even with the new building, it's kind of like we're even painting and designing to create some fluidity. So not yeah. just treehouse and then you make this huge jump to elevate which we were in this building, but now it truly is. You walk down the hallway and you're going to see um, even paint colors transform because this <laughs> it's this one long journey. You know, yeah. it's not meant to be um, 
compartmentalized. And so we're really trying to brainstorm to come alongside families in even better ways um, with some simpler milestones. So they're like baby dedication might be a bigger one. But then when they turn three, like having a check in, because that's that like from a two to three year old, you know, that's kind of a big jump, like cognitively and what they're processing, what they verbalize. And so just creating more checkpoints for our parents and giving them, okay, now from three to five, here's your goal with them. of what to practice with them. And so really trying to come up with some creative ideas and um, manipulatives for that. And I think it's just a new way we're going to get to come alongside them. And then even partnering, like Zane, partnering with Fusion, with Drew. Like, So it's not just a kids' ministry thing, but then creating fluidity f- up into junior high and high school. Um, but that's something that's kind of newer that we're thinking through. But yeah, I think another thing that is a big deal that we've mentioned again is that like the process doesn't end when your yeah. kids graduate yep. and stuff. And so, you know, I, I would challenge, um, you know, if, if you are not serving <laughs> and again, this, I don't take this as a shameless plug, like, Hey, I need help. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but truly, I mean, if, if you, if you care about the, the, the health and well being of our church, um, there are very ripe minds and hearts yep. that are so ready to connect gospel truths. Um, and being able to see kids connect some of those dots in really cool ways, um, not only does that do a lot for them, but, I mean, for me, <laughs> it's why I love my job, you know, is getting to see kids understand huge biblical concepts <laughs> in, you know, very concrete, yeah. understandable ways and stuff. And so... Uh, you know, a way that you can partner with Orange if you don't have kids in this is to volunteer where kids are. You know, whether that's whether that's in kids ministry, whether that's in the treehouse, whether that's in uh, fusion or something like that, and to not be um, scared of that, to not be overwhelmed by by it. But again, it's you coming alongside of kids that are just trying to understand who Jesus is, and for people who, like you've said multiple times, are already a little bit more down that journey, have already experienced some of those things, to be able to come back and to share some of those things, um, and to help kids navigate uh, what is truly a crazy world. Yep. Um, but to know that we have the answers, <laughs> Yeah. you know, that, that Christ has revealed what life looks like. We're, we're going through a series right now on Sunday mornings of Jesus as the teacher. Um, and what we've been encouraging kids the entire time is just, you know, Jesus teaches us not just a better way, but the right way, because he is the one that designed all of it in the first place. Yep. And so for people who have had experience in living a life that, you know, brings glory and honor to God to come alongside kids and to help them put the pieces together um, is such a cool opportunity, you know, that's so much more than just like helping kids pay attention or, you know, look goofy singing. But it is, you know, hopefully for volunteering, um, you know, you're able to capture kind of that bigger idea that we truly are in the business of helping kids prepare for eternity and live well now. You know what I mean? So. You know, it's interesting. Like, my my journey, I don't know if I've even told all of you guys this. My sister was our children's pastor at our church, and she just looked at me, and I'm in high school, early college, and she just was knew I was a teacher. She was probably more than anybody else that just said, Jim, you'd love to teach. And so you're going to be working with, and I was worked with the two-year-olds, and I worked with the four-year-olds, and I worked with the five-year-olds. Andrea and I, while we were dating, um, were actually involved in that, and I loved it. I loved it. And I never thought of it, never, I've never thought of it as a, a training ground for where I ultimately want to go. That was never, it's never been my thinking. Um, and I, some of my most powerful ministry memories have actually been with the littlest children. And even when I was at Ozark Christian College, um, I was first and foremost a children's pastor at a tiny little church. And I worked with little, little kids. Um, me and Hornet? one other, what was that? Was that Hornet? Yeah. 
And you know, our VBS, I was I was in charge of forty three four year olds in one small room for a week. They'd all fit in our new room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it wasn't even that big. And I'm not kidding. I loved it. I yeah. absolutely loved it. And if you were to ask me, um, you know, do I love that or do I love preaching on Sunday? To me, they were just two two things in my life. And so I'm really, really it, it helped train me. Here, here's why I'm saying that is that, you know, you, you guys have been talking about the orange aspect, and I guarantee you there are particularly, I believe, young men out there, young dads out there that are going, I'm not ready to have faith conversations because I don't know. And so often we talk about the training of the kids and the training of the kids and the discipling of the kids. I actually believe when I went to Youthquake the first time, I could just see, and I already knew it because I'd done youth ministry before, this is where elders are trained in the mountains talking to 16-year-olds about faith because 40-year-olds don't do it as often as 16-year-olds do and as, as much as our youth ministry does. And I remember thinking, like, this is where elders are trained, is these are the kind of conversations that happen more readily. They just do. I think that if you are in over your head as you look at your two-year-old and you want to be able to talk with them, but you don't know how to get there, one of the best places for you to be trained as you are training your children is ministry. And I think that can happen in a, as a life group leader, but I think it can really happen. And it's not about graduating through the ages. It's about realizing that everyone needs to have these faith conversations. And if you can't, I mean, I would say to our staff, and I've said this a number of times, if you can't communicate the gospel to a six-year-old, I'm not going to trust you to communicate it to a 36-year-old. And if you can't communicate it to a 36-year-old, I'm not going to trust you with a 12-year-old. Like, it literally is looking at the people that God places before us and saying, can we share the good news about Jesus Christ across the board? And I really believe that it's not about just trying to get volunteers. It literally is on our own end to take our own discipleship seriously, where we are actively engaged in pouring into others and therefore experiencing kind of growth ourselves. Ryan, I know this is a big thing that you believe in, is this ebb and forth, this, back, this, this ebb and flow, this back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, flesh that out a little bit more. Well, I have like a long list of answers to this question, but you guys have actually touched on a lot of them, which is awesome. Um, well, first of all, I think the number one thing that we can do to support our families in in uh, the it, you know coming out of baby dedication and in this whole orange paradigm is that right here if you can't see if you're listening to this I'm standing I'm sitting on the on the stage in the sanctuary right here we will consistently hold firm to the truthfulness of scripture and everything else we do kind of rises and falls on whether or not we do that here whether that's in the pulpit or in a classroom that has to undergird everything so we're going to hold to the authority and the truthfulness of scripture but I also think that as we do that, you're right, we, we have to make sure that our parents are, are well-trained to pass on their faith. And so this is where um, you'll hear me talk about it in certain contexts. You'll hear even Zane starting to adopt some of the language of catechizing our people. Catechism is, is catechi- uh, catechesis is traditionally <laughs> something you do with small children. You train them in, in the faith toward yep. their baptism or confirmation, depending on whatever tradition you're in. But I don't, I don't even want to call it remedial catechesis. It's something that we always do with everybody. We're always yep. training in the essentials yep. of the gospel because mothers and fathers, when they struggle to talk to two- and three-year-olds, it's probably not 
as much because they don't know how to translate the language down into kids speak. It's probably because they don't know it well enough already. Okay, say that one more time because I think that's what we're getting at. Yeah. What we're getting yep. at is it's not a matter of age. It's not a matter of translation as much as it is a, a matter of ownership. So say that again. Yeah, it, if you struggle to effectively communicate the truths, the, the essential truths of our faith to a child or an adult, it's not because you don't know how to say it in childlike language or because you don't know how to say it in a more sophisticated way. It's probably because you don't know it very well. Yeah. I will never forget a rebuke I, I received from a schoolmate when I was at OSU. Uh, we were preparing to present this big project we'd been working on all semester long, and I was trying to articulate an idea that I wanted to communicate, but I just didn't have the words. And I said, I know what I want to say, I just don't know how to say it. And he said, oh, Ryan, that means you don't know what you want to say. Yes. And it was so helpful for me. And so, Greg Gunderson, you probably never listened to this, but I am indebted forever to your <laughs> callous rebuke. But, um, yeah, so I, I think we got to train our people to, to articulate the gospel well so that when they hear it from Zane or from Beth, that's the kind of stuff they've already heard at the dinner table. Mm -hmm. um, I think we, we have to partner younger parents with older parents. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily, not that he's not a good father or that uh, she's not a good mother, but I don't necessarily turn to Justin and Debbie for parenting advice because they're just as dumb as I am. They're <laughs> in the same spot that I'm at. I need to go to Jim or to Steve or to Paul and ask um, people that are past this stage, okay, what, what worked for you? And, and if you, will you look into my life and tell me what I'm not doing well and, and maybe even encourage me where I am doing well? Yeah. And so kind of making those connections, uh, we, we think that's a really important thing here at the church, connecting, you know, a canyon to a gym. Well, you know what? I'm going to take a step back. I love the idea of, you know, we do that with marriages, mm -hmm. right? Ryan mm -hmm. and Rachel need to be with a couple that's older. You know, we, we don't really have a ministry for that. We don't have like a parenting ministry, like we have a marriage ministry or a Stephen ministry. But I, I do believe that what you're describing is so critical. Andrew and I did that when our kids were going into high school. We sought out parents that were had already kind of gone through the high school years and so man that's a great that's a great point I love that because parents are hungry for that like they'll say in our class are we going to have could we have more classes beyond this so they're looking for the information and it's probably just coming alongside them and telling them like a class may not give you this like a class context we don't have to all sit down and you just learn under but pairing you with other parents who have done it yeah. Um, is just a much more natural way. Again, we'll fit into that rhythm. If you don't have like a full evening to come sit for an hour and a half in a classroom, mm -hmm. bring your kids along. You have dinner with another family and you talk about that, you know, around the table. Yeah. Um, because yeah, it just fits. I, and help us, we'll make the connections. Like, yeah. we'll, I, I guarantee you, and if not, make our lives harder as ministers and as leaders of this church, because um, I, I would love it if we were having staff meetings going, man, I've got 12 families that are really looking for, like, parenting mentorship. And what are we going to do? Let's solve that problem. I mean, that's yeah. what I would love to, to have happen. And then uh, I had one other thing that could be worthy of its own podcast altogether, but I'll just say it in, in some we have an, um, a ministry model that, that has in, baked into its DNA what, um, this, this paradigm known as high invitation, high challenge. Yeah. And so we build a big snazzy building that is going to be safe and secure and exciting for kids, and we want it to draw people in. We want it to be exciting. Kids are drawn to you both because of who you are and your personalities, and so we want that high invitation. People are just drawn yep. to this. But then, like, 
also stress me a little bit. A muscle won't grow if it's not stressed. <laughs> stress me a little bit. And so I take it seriously whenever Zane says, hey, man, Matthew or Audrey had a, a little bit of a hard time this week. I go and I get the information that I need, and I make sure that my kids know, hey, one, we're going to deal with this. But two, <laughs> just so you know, Zane's talking to me because he really cares about you, and he wants you to grow past whatever we're dealing mm-hmm. with. And I think that that kind of ripples through a lot of our ministries, but especially in our children's ministry, just know as exciting and as loud as the music is, there is some real substance that pairs with that on purpose. And it's a very intentional ministry decision. Man, I really could talk about this forever. (laughs) And we're laughing and we'll explain that at a future time. But, uh, you know, because it is something, it's something that Andrew and I have done. I know for a fact that uh, it's it's what you guys would do. It's what you guys will continue to do. It's what you and Rachel are doing at home and in ministry. And um, I, I just love how these things come together. Um, so thank you so much for joining me. And uh, as, as we say here quite often, let us work with you. Let us uh, make our make our ministry life more complicated and difficult by uh, holding us to the words that we have just shared and the and the ideas that we have just presented. And yeah. sounds like you want to say something. Yeah, no, like we seriously don't do. say something you're going to regret. I I rarely do. What? <laughs> yeah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Although I usually think I'm right when I say something. That's so. awesome. Well, I um, did too a few minutes ago. But go ahead. Um, that's why we we I joking I give Steve's. Uh, Steve's email out all the time when we do the Monday <laughs> updates. And I've been like, my wife's like, well, you kind of give your phone number out on the internet yeah, right, yeah. frequently. And I'm like, well, I mean, I ignore a lot of sales calls, but <laughs> I don't want to miss an opportunity to meet with someone. And yeah. that's really, uh, again, kind of the culture of our staff is yeah. sure, we do stuff on Sundays and on Wednesdays and at other various times, but the vast majority of what we do is to be with people. And so we do want to connect. We're not, mm-hmm. we're not just blowing smoke that, you know, we want to help people. Yeah, so beyond baby dedication, we are genuinely here for you, all of us, and so many other leaders here at Sunnybrook. Um, So we love you guys. Hope this has been a real blessing to you. Uh, Let us know how we can come alongside uh, and do orange with you.